Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. I am joined today by a comedian, podcaster, legend on TikTok, Hannah Jones. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. You live here in Denver, mm -hmm. and we've been TikTok mutuals for a while. Mm -hmm. It was I was just excited to see that you live in Denver. I came over on your show where you do advice. What's yeah. the name of your uh, podcast? Help with Hannah Jones. Help with Hannah Jones, and that was an absolute blast. You are so fucking funny. Thank you so much. And I'm just so excited to talk all about comedian blind items with you today. And yeah. I want this, I was telling Hannah before we started, like, I want this to be fun. I want this to be, you know, a good time. There's just so many pedophiles out um, there. Like the blinds are disgusting. You're describing the experience of getting started in comedy. <laughs> yes. It's like, I want this to be fun. And then you realize they're like extreme and like, I don't want to be that person who says that being a predator is on a spectrum because it's obviously like right and wrong and everybody has their line, but it's insane how common it is. And like yeah. everyone has to like choose their own personal line of like what they're okay with putting up with. Yeah, it's like, um, I don't know, it's like a game of Frogger. And to get to the comedy store, you have to dodge like pedophiles and like guys who only date like 14 year olds. And it just feels like, I don't know, comedians to me. I think some of them are great. I think a lot of them are like stunted and then they get famous and just yeah. like do the weirdest stuff I've ever There's seen. It's also like, uh, and I got kind of lucky because I would say like this generation of comedians being a degenerate is not necessarily like a core part of the identity of being a comic the way that it was even just like 10 or 20 years ago. It mm. was like so the core thing. And it's funny, too, how even, like, John Mulaney, right, I feel like his identity, I don't know, he was giving very much, like, accountant businessman whenever I saw him, and then he turned out to be a degenerate in disguise, basically. Mm -hmm. So how often do you think comedians are the persona that, like, they put on when they do stand-up? Hmm. I don't know, because I always, like... So Anthony Jeselnik is a great example of someone who, like, puts on, like, hardcore degeneratism. But if you ever listen to him, like, talk about life, he makes me so happy. He seems like the most well-adjusted dude of all time. Mm. He has great vibes. He seems like he would be a great hang if a little acerbic. Yeah. But I think that you just absolutely never know what someone's like behind closed doors. And I think that, in general, you're going to find more bad qualities in anyone who's extremely successful right yeah. because like what is wrong with you as, as a person that you were able to <laughs> essentially like to achieve at an extremely high level usually you don't have time to also be like well-rounded and have a lot of community and be like nice and fun yeah so it does kind of handpick the, the people at the top are usually the, you know, the narcissistic, sociopathic, yeah. very, very driven. It's like, why do you enjoy the lifestyle of touring 52 weeks a year? You're going to be the best comedian if you don't take any fucking weekends off, for sure. But it also might say something about your personality. Yeah, that's the one thing. Whenever I listen to interviews of comedians, they're always like, I hate going on tour. It's the loneliest, almost like traumatic experience. And you have to do it to succeed, but it absolutely sucks and I yeah. hear that from artists too what's your experience like going on tour okay I've only been on little trips that I call it tour. you've to been you, but you've been on tour successful. you're on tour right now but specifically when I'm like going on a trip I mean the great thing about comedy um when you're at my level is that you're often doing shows with other people and other people that you specifically know when you get to be more successful than me and you're doing like clubs and stuff you don't necessarily get to pick mm -hmm. who you're performing with every night and they're not going to be your friends or your vibe but for me I only do like indie venues and so it'll either be like a show with six people or it'll be my own show where I picked my friends in that city to open yeah. So it's not as lonely, but I think I think if I was just touring around with like a random handful every night, I would get so exhausted. Yeah, I imagine it's something I would just like, I don't know, never want to do. Like wipe my tears with all the money I'd be making. Yeah, yeah, so I guess it's not it's <laughs> not all bad. With my free 9 to 5 days. <laughs> Now, who are some of your favorite comedians out there? Like anyone from SNL, any stand-ups, any people in movies that you're just like, these people are the number one to me? My all-time favorite is Maria Bamford. Okay. My favorite comedian that a lot of people um, that isn't a household name, shall we say, is Beth Stelling. Um, 
and Nicole Byer. Okay, now name someone I would know <laughs> who's who's like a uh, who's like you don't a know Maria Banford. No, that's totally fine. That's yeah. totally allowed. Okay, um, I'm talking like a Seinfeld household like household a, name. Yeah. I love Taylor Tomlinson. Whitney Cummings. Okay, I know Whitney, Whitney. Cummings. Yeah, there we I go. I know Whitney Cummings, so there we go. She's in here, I think, uh, <laughs> I for a couple the different girls, lines. For the most part. <laughs> now, what kind of gossip in the comedy world have you heard of that would be considered like a comedy open secret? Like, I remember when the news came out that Louis C.K. was jerking off, you mm-hmm. know, into plants on women, in front of women, and allegedly, by the way, I've heard from people he's still doing the same shit post cancellation. Um, that everybody was like, yeah, that's an open secret. And I was like, disgusting. But everybody seemed to be kind of cool with it. Are there other nasty secrets like that that just float around? Totally. Most of the secrets are going to be about, like, who is secretly, um, like, not good enough at comedy, so they need, like, uh, um, and this is very occasionally, like, a headliner won't be good enough, and so they'll, like, pick, they, like, won't be okay with everyone opening for them because they'll be afraid they'll get buried. Mm. Or it'll be, like, um, who is secretly a fucking addict, which is more so sad than anything else, or who's secretly an asshole. But my favorite open secret that like everybody knows that I found genuinely quite shocking because again it's like a public persona thing and I can't say the name because I can't oh okay make it a blind item we'll try to guess it yeah yeah yeah. this I I didn't even know the last 12 you said so you're safe so a minus list okay that's good um male or female male okay religious religious Comic. Yes, comic. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, is secretly so, so mean. I've known like six people who have met him slash extended, like spent extended time with him. And every single person has said that he is just like extremely unkind at every possible turn. It's Ellen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and it shocks me because every comedian, and especially if they're a woman, there's someone who will say like, oh, I met her and she's a bitch. And I hear one story and I completely write it off. Because yeah. like you can meet pretty much anybody any of my friends, I'm sure there's a person in the world who has met that person and thought they were a huge kind. Absolutely. Yeah. Not, not all of us are going to be like perfect every day. But once it gets to be like more than three people, that's when I really start being like, oh, this person, they must be like deeply cruel. The reli- now, can you say what religion? Or would that give it away? I think it might give it a... Um, no, I can say Christianity. There okay, we go. okay. So, so a shitbag Christian out there. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to think on it, ponder it. I probably don't know who it is, but maybe somebody listening will um, write it in on Instagram if you do. Now, my other question for you before we get into the blind items, do you have a favorite Comedy Central roast? Because I, like, I love them all. The roast of Donald Trump, the one of James Franco, Justin Bieber. Like, I just love a good roast. I think um, it's funny that you ask this because when it comes to favorites, um, like uh, th- there's this old saying that like your favorite SNL cast is just whoever was on SNL when you were in high school. Mm. Like that's the comedy that for some reason gets burned into your heart. And so the only Comedy Central roast that immediately comes to mind as being a favorite is the roast of Justin Bieber. Yes. Because I feel like that's the one that I was exposed to when I was like ready to understand what a roast is. But yeah. I specifically remember that's the first time that I saw Natasha Leggero do like anything. Yes. And her joke about um Kevin Hart going up on his way <laughs> yes. is like one of my favorite roast jokes of all time because I just like jokes that are shorter than you expect <laughs> I also love and I, I'm positive Justin Bieber did not write his own script but no. at the end when he goes like what do you get when you give a teenager you know a billion dollars like a bunch of has-beens calling you a lesbian for three mm-hmm. hours and I was like oh god and he delivered it with like such he was in that blue suit that was when he looked and really honestly, good honestly I'll say that like uh they usually so like they'll have they'll put together um a team of like five established comedy writers that will like meet with justin bieber 
uh, it depends on, like, on what the project is. But, like, uh, a lot of times, like, if Justin Bieber, Bieber, like, wanted to be on a Comedy Central roast, it might be because he also, like, came into that meeting with ideas. Mm. And you would be surprised. Like, he probably had a ton of creative input. I don't know if that joke was his, but there's a chance. Yeah, he's like, do something about me being a lesbian, <laughs> you know? Like, let's weave it if in not, there. If not, it was just an underpaid writer making basically minimum wage, which yeah, sucks. <laughs> I know, but God, was it so good. They, I, I'm going to look in to see if they get credited, because at the very least like there should be something in there today's episode of fluently forward is brought to you by next evo i know that this week we are talking about comedians but do you want to know what's not a laughing matter stress okay and feeling anxious and trouble sleeping and that is where next evo cbd comes into play so next evo naturals my favorite product of theirs is the cbd gummy these are ones that i like to keep on my work desk and just kind of pop one whenever i feel a little bit stressed or at nighttime if i'm having trouble sleeping i've got some of those thoughts racing and i really just want to chill out and go to bed so if you can't find relief through stand-up comedy or giggling over your favorite comedian, go and check out Next Evo Naturals. Not only do they have CBD gummies, they also have sleep support complex uh, pills that you can take. And those have CBD and ashwagandha, which I've also been taking lately and love. So you can upgrade to better natural solutions from Next Evo Naturals. Go to nextevo.com and use the promo code fluently to get 25% off. That is 25% off at nextevo.com with the promo code fluently. Well, before we get into all of the blind items, I want to start with one kind of long blind here that really fascinated me. Um, it was about Jay Kotler and Andrew Schultz or whatever, basically these like bro-y comedy podcasts that are out there. I always notice that there are a ton of OnlyFans and sex workers on this podcast. And I was always like, what is like the overlap between OnlyFans and like male podcasts where I'm always seeing them go on? Mm -hmm. So this blind item is called the hustle. It says lots of people are involved in the same type of behavior, but most of them you would never be able to guess. So I'm going to limit it to a few that you probably can get. One is an A-list athlete podcaster. One is an A-list comic podcaster. And the third also falls into the same category. All of the people who participate in this have ton of underage fans. They have legal fans too, and they target them, but they're really targeting the underage ones. In exchange for sex and a cut of the earnings, the male hosts will bring on women who are porn stars or only fan stars and have them come on and basically talk about sex for an hour while dressed in very little every few minutes the only fan site will be mentioned and it is astonishing the number of subscriptions sold while this is going on most of these are kids with their parents credit cards or using a venmo card to make their way around the age requirement then the model will tease something that she's about to post usually a video She'll charge $50 for it. Then that happens at the end of the hour. Most of the time, in an hour appearance, there can be mid-six figures made. The host takes 20%, and of course, the sex. And the model can talk about how she makes hundreds of thousands of dollars a month doing OnlyFans and get other women to join her. Have you heard about this? Okay, I feel like I understood that that was the grift behind. I'll like occasionally see TikToks and it'll be like the beginning of a stitch, right? Because I'm mm -hmm. not seeing the actual videos, but it'll be a podcast clip and there will be like a line of four OnlyFans girls. I, I know, the, then, I, like, I've seen the stitches. Two conservative fours in <laughs> Iowa looking dudes are just yeah. like asking them. What's your body count? Yeah, yeah, very pointed questions. And they always go super, super mega viral because... Um, I mean, like, just putting beautiful people in your video mm -hmm. makes it perform better. And obviously, like, the men are... <laughs> they're no Matt Rife, you know? They're not getting the views on their own. So I understood the grift. I never understood that perhaps they were trading sex for it. Yeah, or getting a cut of, like, whatever profits they make on OnlyFans that day. Because I was always just thinking, I don't know, like, Adam22, I know he's not really, like, a comedian, but, like, he's always having those types of girls on. I see all of those TikTok videos, and I was wondering, like, why are all the OnlyFans girls going on? Like, to me, it makes sense that comedians have podcasts because they're mm -hmm. talking all the time, that, like, script writers would have podcasts, you know, I don't know, like an artist or like a shoemaker, you know, like if your job isn't verbally expressing yourself, like I don't understand why people would go on podcasts I all the time. I can answer why. Yeah. Because you want podcast fans. Everybody wants a podcast fan because a podcast mm -hmm. fan is like a different breed of fan. And podcasters are by and large like men who are ready to be obsessed with something. And you're going to make <laughs> all your fucking only fans money from men who are ready to be obsessed with something, ideally fucking you. Yeah. Like I can't, I would think if I was an OnlyFans 
girl, I would make money off of no one more than the male podcast audience. I guess that's how you have to think about it. See, I'm coming at it where like basically 98% of people who listen to this podcast are women for the most part. But I guess if I had to capture a male audience, I would go on like a bro-y podcast 100%. Yeah, well, and think about the fact that like they, like men a lot of times, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm, th- I'm generalizing men to be like the kind of like shitty objectifying ones. If they're yeah, like <laughs> desperate for pussy, they are still going to go out on a date with a girl because it is still more fun to like have sex with a girl that you've like talked to for an hour, even if they're the, not the type of guy who's going to listen to anything that she says. Mm. Like, I think it really builds into the f- fantasy that you've like heard her speak for an hour. You can picture her voice. Ah, I'm not going to lie. I listened to, what's that? girl who's obsessed with anal um Stella Berry I listened to I her, her on Sophia Franklin's podcast I bought her only fans for a month it wasn't good and then I unsubscribed but yeah I you know I don't know why I'm acting surprised when I've done the same damn I could thing never myself give her a dime, but I love her vibe <laughs> yeah her only fans I hate to say it is trash it's just not that good it's the type of thing where they get you in with ten dollars and then to like actually watch a video you have to pay 50 yeah. and I was just so mad about being swindled well, that I like rage canceled because you don't get a ton of like they take such a huge cut of the membership fees do they it's like patreon yeah, or something so you yeah. want to keep the that amount low but you make all your money off of the other stuff ah, okay there from we go <laughs> yeah yeah from what i've heard too i've never done it before um okay matt rife we're gonna talk about him he is the pillowy lips comedian that everybody is talking <laughs> about now and he's gone viral on tiktok i'm sure you've seen his stitch where he's like working out or something and then he's saying Oh, like it's hard to be so attractive because like when oh, you come on stage, yeah. like nobody wants to like laugh at somebody nobody when they're checking out your arms. Unattractive, who, who is attractive? Yes, and then everybody started like obviously Have you ever dogging on seen him. Seen women? If an attractive <laughs> man is in the room, we just start laughing. We're literally like, oh my god! I literally, I was at Starbucks today, and the man who handed me my drink was attractive, and I just stumbled over my words and was like laughing as I was like, thank you. <laughs> no, it's so it's true. It's so easy to get laughs. Like when we you're might attractive. not chortle, but we'll giggle for sure because yeah. somebody's cute. It's like that article from the Atlantic that I couldn't read because it was behind the paywall. But <laughs> or maybe it was the Economist, but it was talking about how like it's it's financially reasonable for women to want to be thin. Yes. Like it's not. It doesn't make me happy to say it, but it is like uh, you make so much more money. People assume like the halo effect is. 10 times more powerful than any like weird jealousy or objectification Matt Rife thinks that he's like receiving on uh, stage. What's the halo effect? The halo effect is the term to describe how people who are more attractive um, by conventional beauty standards, obviously, yeah. um, are seen as nicer, um, more smarter yeah you're more likely to hire them whatever they do 100% did you ever read we did this for um our patreon book club a couple months ago the pretties series yeah yes okay so like I loved those anyone who hasn't read it it's like this YA sci-fi book it's so good we're basically in the future they live in this world where once you turn 16 the government gives you plastic surgery to make you like perfectly symmetrical and they did that because like they ran all of these studies Mm -hmm. and they found to make things more equitable everyone had to be like hot and what's better (laughs) they make you dumb too yeah they make you a dumb and then they give you a fuck ton of cocaine and you just go around and fuck for four years and they make your pussy tight and wet yeah. That, no, that's in I the X-rated Literally, book. I was like, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Dystopia? Absolutely not. This is why a utopia. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that's the thing. Like, people either read, and we, we discussed this in the book club, half the people were like, that's heinous. And then the other half were like, give me the pill. Like, Literally. I would absolutely go for I've it. I've seen the alternative. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's not that great out there. Yeah. So Matt Reif, he looks like one of the people that basically got surgery to look symmetrical and flawless. His blind items are interesting. Before we get into them, how do you feel about him as a comedian? Do you think is he well respected? He seems to be going on the up and up. Um. Okay. So I've heard so many comics talk shit about him. Like they hate this dude. Are they just jealous of his arms? Well, they're obsessed with talking about how he's only successful because he's attractive, which Mm. I don't think is true. Because I've never heard anyone knock his resume. Like Mm. I've never. If guys can't fucking hold up the time and can't put on a good show, comedians will say like that guy doesn't have the time. Yeah. Um. Which which happens a lot if people get like famous too soon before they actually 
actually have amassed enough material or experience as a comic to really justify it. But I've never heard anyone specifically say that about him. I've definitely heard people say, like, he does so much crowd work that it's not really, if you don't love crowd work, I've heard that it's not always the most amazing show. Nowadays, like, they have to do more crowd work because then they clip it, put it on TikTok. That's what gets them noticed. They can't really clip their jokes because then it would ruin their set. Is that true? For a guy like Matt Reif, who is in a cycle where he is building material to sell for a lot of money for another special, Mm. absolutely, he's not going to be posting any of that material. Crowd work is all he can post. Crowd work or podcast clips, which is why you see most comedians doing a lot of crowd work and a lot of podcasts. Yeah, they're on OnlyFans. Yeah. (laughs) They're trying to promote it. But, um... I mean, that's changing a lot. There's definitely, like, I've also talked to comedians who are in the special cycle, and maybe not as many people are paying attention to them, and they're like, yeah, I post the best joke I have. And then if Netflix buys the special, I take the fucking joke down. No Netflix exec is keeping track of my material and what's been seen and what hasn't been seen. And I think, by and large, audiences have changed a lot, where, like, if you tell a joke that they've heard, sometimes they like it and sometimes they want to hear your best jokes. Mm. But yeah, there's mixed opinions within the scene about everything. About, okay, well, here are some of the blind items on Matt Rife, and I'm curious yes. if you could see yeah. any of these being true. The first one says, the problem with this A-list comedian that women love is that he is addicted to getting fillers in his face and at some point it is going to go horribly wrong. Do you think he's gotten work done? I think teeth, I think, veneers that could have like changed his face but he does old photos of him look like the photos of like a young Victoria's Secret model where like you can tell that she's like a gangly tomboy but she's going to be beautiful with a little bit of work I think that he has gotten work done in the sense that I think he has invested probably thousands of dollars in his appearance Mm -hmm. I could see it potentially not being fillers right like this is the Kim Kardashian thing when Kim Kardashian got an x-ray of her butt and was like see no implants and it's like because no one knew what a BBL was back then oh you think he's gotten some sort of like a ponytail face (laughs) No, I think that he's probably gotten some Botox. I think he's gotten a really expensive skin treatments because acne doesn't just like like a you turn off like that like I think I think that boy does skin care yeah. and I think that the veneers gave him the jawline and does he have lip fillers I could see it go either way especially or like the jaw fillers that they put right back here but you yeah. can also get that look I'm pretty sure there's a certain kind of Botox that you can put back here and yeah you can do masseter Botox that kind of slims your face I could also see him too being on like those red pill men forums where they're like you chew this hard type of gum or like there's a thing that like you put in your jaw and like Joe Rogan <laughs> like choose on it to make your job big I feel like also I would I bet he does steroids in the gym oh yeah totally his body is like insane which is like the boy version of a BBL right kind it's, like, of pretty dangerous and like kind of crazy that you would prioritize it that much but also like do you and also it's way more common than you would think yes yeah now he's dated some famous ladies the first one is Lucy Hale from Pretty Little Liars and a bunch Which of Hallmark I movies so that have love failed because they're the exact same kind of, um, like uh, like Skechers ad pretty. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're the same brand of attractive. Where it's like certainly not my type, but like I can definitely see how people would find you hot. Dude, Skechers is so yeah. They're not serving free people. They're not <laughs> they're giving runway. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're serving this shoe. <laughs> Burns more calories than any other shoe. Like the hottest person on the Disney Channel that then like graduated or something, you know? Okay, well, this rumor about Lucy Hale and Matt says, this A-minus actress was a hit on cable and crashed and burned on her latest projects when she was going to be the lead. She also said she never saw someone look in a mirror more than when she went out on a few dates with the stand-up comic. And I believe that. He's probably vain. Then after Lucy Hale, he dated another actress named Jessica Lord. And this says, is it true that a certain popular with the ladies comedian and his current dancer actress girlfriend are represented by the same agent and are engaged in a PR relationship? Lots of tea about his constant hookups, influencers, actresses, and TikTok stars on the road. And since signing on to do a world tour, he seems to be cleaning up his image. She's also not working and not all that known. Her followers on social media have increased since being tied to him. Do you think he's faking relationships? So curious about PR relationships. I wish I like knew someone because in the celebrity gossip community, everyone's like, yes, PR relationships are like super common. But no, they're doing it too much lately. Like, I, I mean, I think for sure, like the fact that like 
you know, Kristen Stewart and Rob Pattinson date right when the movie comes out and Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron date right when the movie come out and every Spider-Man and every Mary Jane are dating right when the movie comes out. But it's always like, of course they are. (laughs) Because they're like two hot people who literally aren't allowed to meet anybody else for six months. If you go into a movie single, of course you're going to date the fucking co-star. They handpicked a person who is your same level of obscene attractiveness. (laughs) To me, it's like it would be more surprising if they didn't actually fall in love. In my theory, a PR relationship is two people hooked up and they decided to go public mostly because of the positive PR benefits. Mm. Whereas they're probably hooking up with plenty of like random DJs that they meet at a club but they're not going to like go public with that because it's not So you're not thinking as. of like a PR relationship that benefits their own like Instagram following rather than benefits movie ticket sales or something. I guess like my kind of like th- theory about PR relationships is like sure there are some that are completely fabricated because mm-hmm. we know that there have been a few yeah. but I think the majority of them are just like exaggerated and come from like a seed of truth yeah no, I know th- I I'm with you too I used to be one of those people that was like it's completely false and there's like a contract and like now I'm like well I think that there's like a little bit because they also like if you actually think about what legal work would go in would be required to like support a PR relationship it's like there's so many they could never enforce that contract that contract would be so fake and silly because if they tried to enforce it in a court it would be there would be ethical issues and it would be found out so I think most things that we think of as PR relationships are like they went public because they knew it'd be good they were just hooking up it was so casual they broke up and they didn't go public with the breakup until they had a fucking reason to and that's why I also think you see people hopping from relationship to, to, to relationship but I think it's just because they don't go public with the breakup until it's convenient for them like how yeah. long were Taylor and Joe broken up before she just before any time like a, public? a celebrity divorces right and then they're like oh my god they're already in a relationship and it's like by the time the divorce was finalized, like they couldn't, they, there was a yeah. chance they could have been separated for a whole year before, you know, but people Legally, don't really think at on least that timeline. Six months. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm with you. Okay. So we think maybe he hooked up with Jessica Lord, but it wasn't like a contractual PR relationship. That's my theory. Now this one, it wouldn't be a blind item episode until we got to this one. Uh, he's closeted basically. I don't know. I think maybe, I think if you're, that's true. If you're that fucking attractive, you're probably pansexual and you're hooking up with everyone, but I don't think he's gay. I don't think based on his career in comedy, because usually by men aren't funny. Are milking it for spots. Oh, (laughs) they want to be on all the queer shows. So I think that if he was gay, he would have been out as bi. Yeah, and you know what? I'm sure if he even kissed a guy once, he would have been like, put me in the circuit. You know, yeah. like I can talk about the gay experience. Absolutely. It's not the same year as it once was. He's gaining nothing by being straight. Yeah, okay. That's a good point. Today's episode is brought to you by Bowl and Branch. I've been using their bed sheets lately, and you can probably tell because in about, I'd say, maybe 60% of all of my TikTok videos, I'm making them in bed, and maybe that's because the sheets are so comfortable. So if you, if you see any of those videos, those are the natural color sheets behind me, and I have just been absolutely loving having the sheets on my bed. So Bowl and Branch is different because they make soft, luxurious sheets, but they don't have any toxins or any harsh chemicals and something that's great about the bowl and branch sheets is that they actually get softer and softer with every wash which is kind of the opposite of what a lot of my clothing and other bed sheets have done in the past so I love investing in good high quality essentials and bowl and branch is just um absolutely fantastic they feel like butter they're very very breathable from night one it makes me very pumped to go to bed so if you want to sleep better at night with bowl and branch sheets you can get 15 percent off your first order use promo code fluently at bowlandbranch.com that's bowlandbranch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com with the promo code fluently exclusions apply see site for details now, Eric Andre, what are your thoughts on him? I love. I wish the show Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 was still on because I thought he was great in it. Um, he sometimes terrifies me, but I also think he's hilarious. Um, I like Tim and Eric, mm-hmm. but then I heard that during his own live shows, he gets fully naked. And I'm sure that like nudity is like so funny in the right context, but for <laughs> me personally, I'm not, I don't want to see a comedian naked ever. Whatever. I was uh like out of college, I was planning my sister's bachelorette party and mm-hmm. it was the first bachelorette party I'd ever done and I got um 
a stripper off of Craigslist to come. And it was it was great. He was like a firefighter. We planned this whole thing. We're one, the drunkest girl at the party. We acted like she started a fire in the kitchen. And when we're freaking out, my sister's like, what? And then we had him come in through the back door and say, oh like, anyone God. need a hose? Wait, that's so good. It was, it was fun. I think the best surprises come when there's an element of like, oh, fuck, before. And then you get surprised. So I it's even better. I love the contrast between that and like if a dude hires a stripper for a bachelor <laughs> party, it's probably just like she. all the dudes are sitting around passing a bong. And she's like, did someone order a nurse? And they're like, no. Oh, that's a stripper. Take your clothes off. Yes. And you were like, okay, narrative, no yeah. plot holes. There has to be a story, you know? <laughs> I want it to mean something. But he started dancing for us and he ended up getting fully naked and this was the first time I'd ever hired a stripper and like his he made did this thing where like his wang went like up and down and we had to like throw um necklaces that. on it but it was the type of thing too where I was like Wait, I'm not like you're playing horseshoes yeah we played horseshoes <laughs> we played horseshoes yeah with his dick basically <laughs> anyway it was a fun party but I was also like afterwards I'm asking I'm like this is my first one like do they all get naked and everyone was like Shannon no like you got a Craigslist stripper who like put his <laughs> dick like inches from our face and it let me tell you like it did feel uncomfy like you want the little piece of cotton it just yeah. makes you feel better like full nudity like is a little bit uncomfortable it's so uncomfortable I hate yeah. it I don't think it's funny at all yeah because you have to be I don't know a little bit hammered anyway so Eric Andre these blinds are about him dating Emily Ratajkowski there was one that says this comic whatever popped multiple edibles and was vaping nonstop on his most recent date with the model Multiple, multiple insane. edibles is insane. Multiple edibles? No, it's not insane. You haven't met comics. <laughs> really? I know so many comics that will go... It's absolutely fucking insane. I once was at a comedy festival and a comic like came in late, did a shot at like 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. and was like, okay, I'm going to go nap in my car. Took a two-hour nap, then took, I want to say like 20 milligrams worth of edibles Jesus. right before his set. And, and not right before, like right with time for it to kick in before his set, because that's like baseline for him. Oh my God. That's an, I, you know what I do? I, I split a two milligram and a half and it sends me to the moon every night. I really can't fathom that. Yeah. I, um, I once fainted from a five milligram. Yeah. I mean, like 20, really? 20 is insane. Like sometimes I take edibles and I'm like, actually the war on drugs, like should actually be go harder. Like yeah. this shit is But you know, I also dangerous. just think that like people genetically respond so different to weed yeah. because every time that I've also met like a true, true pothead, they also like won't really love alcohol Yeah, and they won't get alcohol the way that I get alcohol. Yeah. Like, alcohol was made for me. I understand Sauvignon Blanc so fucking well. <laughs> yeah. I'm with I you. took my first sip of wine from a bag in college and I was like oh it's the antidote to everything in my brain that's fantastic I can only have a little bit of this you or Irish? else I will go off the rails um yes okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know just sometimes you have a drink and you're just like oh it's like solution so juice like you know some people take an edible and that's what they feel like yeah interesting we'll have to trace it back there was also one that said um the Eric Andre wanted sex as a part of the deal with Emily Ratajkowski, which she said crossed a line. So I think that's kind of trying to allege to some sort of PR thing. <laughs> I love the idea that like it's a secret that Aaron Eric Andre wanted to <laughs> fuck, fuck Emily Amrata. Ratajkowski. It's like, okay, get in line. I do too. I would also ask. It's to a have blind. Sex with it's a legend. If I was ever in this same room yeah, it's her. like no, that's a fucking fact. You know, <laughs> I will say the picture of them on Valentine's Day. Do you remember it? They were both like naked in his apartment. And, then, and she put a picture on Instagram. It was the most disgusting picture I've ever seen in my life. And I'm yeah. trying to be sex positive, I but the like apartment. I feel like I understand that the background was that they were hanging. Maybe they fooled around a little bit. Maybe they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, they were hanging. And, like, she definitely is, like, switching up her brand and wants to be perceived as, like, a cool our high level culture and like mm. weirdly enough I think he is associated with that <laughs> because he's such a like cool absurdist weird dude and she was like yeah absolutely two people famously have been seen naked by a lot of people that's true they could bond that's over like that you know the only thing they have in common <sighs> is actually that a lot of people have seen them naked I always say me and Elon Musk would actually get along so well because we've both gotten cosmetic work done and I just feel like we could actually bond <laughs> over it like being vain enough to go under the knife and like we could talk about about it you know yeah okay Bobby Lee we were talking about this one his blind item is basically I don't think a lot of people know that years ago he went on what was it a podcast right 
No, I think it was radio to promote a show. Oh, if okay. If I remember correctly. Because I listened to the clip today when you sent it because I had heard nothing about this. Yeah, and I'm surprised you hadn't because like, so Bobby Lee, I thought he was so funny. Like I listened to, what was it called? Tiger. Tiger Belly? Tiger Belly. And I love Kalila. Yes, I think she's so great. So beautiful. As of now, I don't know if she. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, <laughs> Apparently they, broken anyone up, right? you could just find out about something horrible. Yeah, I'm tomorrow. like, oh, she's also a pedophile now. Um, nothing bad about her yet. But Bobby Lee he told this story basically about how he went down to Tijuana, Mexico and he was soliciting a prostitute and it was a child who did not want to have sex with him. And he had sex with her and she was crying during it. And that was the story that he told of raping a kid. And he was trying to spin it as like a bit. And then people go back and forth on like, was it a joke? Was it not? Did it actually happen? It was the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it was baseline disgusting that he thought that was like a funny, cool story to tell. The way that he told it, he was like, we didn't know how old they were. And then he was really emphasizing the fact that she looked like a kid, mm -hmm. um, which is like so sad. <laughs> I could unfortunately very much believe that it was something that never fucking happened but that he genuinely thought would be like so funny and edgy mm. to tell us a story because that is how some comedians are for sure yeah it bumped me out me it too me and out. like here's the thing like sometimes dark humor is funny it wasn't even fucking funny like there was no it was just like nasty you're listening to it um but anyway, he obviously is in the reboot of And Just Like That. So this blind item says, the former late night actor is once again reminding the world that he cannot be canceled. He thinks that because he wasn't canceled the first time, he mentioned he raped the little girl in Mexico, that nothing will happen to him now if he mentions it again. I wonder what the cast of the rebooted iconic HBO show think about him being on the show almost every episode. Do they have a comment? Were you surprised to see him on And Just Like That? No, I'll be honest. I didn't see him on And okay, on you weren't and watching. Just Like That. Yeah. But also straight up, he can't be canceled. Because the only reason that HBO would do anything is if they believed this specific story was going to significantly affect viewership of that specific show. And there's no way that it would. Because that show's viewership is by and large old. Mm. as fuck and has never heard of Bobby Lee and aren't going to see any headlines about Bobby Lee. Mm. I'm not sure that they have like name recognition for him in that show, right? Because they're sex in the city fans. Yeah. They're like older women. And Bobby Lee's fan base is not going to stop buying tickets to his shows because of this story. So like who would he be canceled by? And that's how it is for most comics. I mean like in general, most people cannot be canceled because there are 15,000 million individual gatekeepers who get to make up their own opinion about anything bad that you do. Mm. Like the, the theory of cancellation is a fiction that was invented by people who were experiencing a PR nightmare. Mm, yeah. And they created this counter narrative that cancellation was ruining people's lives commonly. And that's just like not ever happened. Show me one example of a powerful person who got successfully straight up hugely canceled as in don't have a career anymore at all like are homeless or whatever like the only people are the ones who went in jail to jail in the criminal system yeah. everyone else is still working yeah maybe they're not as famous as they were before but as long as they don't have crazy irs debt they'll be literally fine yeah and but i mean that's like half the people on this list the too, people right? who usually do suffer like a true cancellation are people who work in normal jobs and have like like the book So You've Been Publicly Shamed by John Ronson. It's a great, is so great fantastic. book. Yeah. And I remember what he talked about was that like the only real examples of public shaming that had like insane effects on people's lives tended to be the regular everyday Joe who had a tweet be taken wildly out of context and lost their fucking job mm -hmm. in a sensitive industry. But yeah. like, no, he can't be canceled in the sense that like no comic with a fan base can be canceled. Yeah. And uh, also too, like it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, you're in comedy and you hadn't heard of the story. So, I mean, it is kind of buried in a good way. Yeah. In the sense where like Louis CK, like everybody knows about him. Right. So these, these things get blown out of different proportions, basically. Brendan Schaub, what do you think of him? Every single comedian that I've ever heard talked about him just talk nonstop about how much they hate him. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so he like seems generally disliked. in general have like um, 
are all on the same page. Okay. There's two lines about him here. One's the A-list comedian slash accused joke stealer has a new wave of accusations from multiple women who say he sexually assaulted them. He laughs it off like it's no no. big deal. That's worse than what I've, I've just heard he's Yeah, You're like, I just heard he was a dick (laughs) and not that he was a predator. Um, And then there was this one about him. And Whitney Cummings, it says this female A-list stand-up comic says she spent years getting groped and harassed, and then she started hooking up with the UFC guy. He had words with every single male comic who ever touched or harassed the comic, and she has been left alone ever since. And that was Brendan Chobb? Allegedly. Okay, so he's the hero of one story and the and villain, the villain of, of, of another. That's a fantastic duality. So who knows? I mean, you know... Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Pear, a fantastic new sponsor here on the show. They make these fantastic eyewear pieces that are customizable and can be easily changed. So let's say you've got prescription glasses on, but you want to boom, slap on some lenses for the sun, or maybe you want to change your look. They have such a wide variety of uh, customizable options on their website. I personally am rocking the tortoise outer shell and then the green lenses from them. I feel like that's kind of like old school night. I like it. They also have such a wide variety of different um, like wide base frames. So if you want to match your sunglasses or your regular glasses to your face shape, do you have a thin head? Do you have a wide head? I personally have both the women's sunglasses and then also the kids ones. Okay. Cause I have, you know, I've got a little bit of a weird shaped head, but they have everything that you could possibly need on there. So if you want to change some things up this season and get some new frames from pair eyewear, you can go to paireyewear.com slash fluently and get 15% off of your your first pair that's pair p-a-i-r iwear.com slash fluently crystalia <laughs> sick sick i just feel like there have been so many i also find it wild that he was in um the show you playing like a sexual predator and then it yeah. came out that it was like hey this guy's like a sexual predator and also i thought it was so interesting that he was like justin bieber's like best friend and like justin bieber's like you're my number one comic like on speed dial mm-hmm. very fascinating what have you heard about him other than obviously all of the sexual assault allegations i actually don't know that I've ever met anyone who's worked with him. Oh, okay. So I haven't heard much, just the sexual assault allegations. I don't know anyone who's like, God, that guy's funny. You know, like he's kind of, he's kind of the like Dane Cook where it's like, you know, that era of comedy that like maybe was like um, so extremely successful and that kind of, uh, he reached a level of celebrity that was a bit overexposed. Um, so I think a lot of comics are just like, nah. He seems like a mid. like a shiny Hollywood, like Justin Bieber's friend type of comedian to me. He didn't really seem like a nitty gritty. I don't know. I think he was doing a podcast. But yeah, this blind was basically just saying that he's having a long overdue cancellation. All it took was a documentary highlighting each of the three dozen or so times he has been three credibly dozen? accused. Yeah, of underage sexual assault and grooming and other horrible behaviors. Holy fuck. The thing for me is that he's fucked more teenagers than my than I have adults. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. He's fucked yeah. three times the amount of teenagers as or I have adults. Tried to. Which is, you know, still oh, just okay. as bad. Yeah. I don't I don't know if, you know, this actually happened, but you know, these were all accusations. What is your take? I just hear so many different stories. Why are they all underage girls? Okay. Because most dudes who get into comedy have a core part of their identity that is like, I am not valuable on the sexual marketplace. I am valuable through on the sexual marketplace only in like my talent and my sense of humor. Mm. And so they are always going to be looking for whatever like fills that little void and nurtures that little core wound. Mm. And we live in a pedophilic culture. And I think that a lot of dudes who don't even think of themselves as pedophiles just know that like young looking bitches are like valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Because you'll hear dudes talking about, and I don't believe that every dude is a pedophile. I think there are a lot more true pedophiles out there than we Hot take. I don't think every guy's a pedophile. But I think a lot of guys are like socialized and molded into liking younger women because you'll hear them talk about like, well, of course he's fucking teenagers if he doesn't know she's a teen because teenagers are just hotter. And it's like, 
I don't actually even think that that necessarily makes you a pedophile. I just think that you should recognize how much you've been socialized into thinking in a pedophilic way. Mm. That you just inherently do believe that teenagers are hotter. But by our modern beauty standards, they are hotter. I guess so. I've just always been so baffled because I just think if I was a male celebrity or someone famous, number one, I'd freeze my sperm and get a vasectomy because, you know, all <laughs> these guys are like, oh, I was accidentally knocking people up. Number two, I would just, I would always check for like a passport or a license and I would just bang 22 to 28 year olds. They like, don't want to see the passport because they're, they're afraid that, she, that then I'll be like, well, I guess I can't fuck you now. You're not old enough. It's just wild to me. Like, I just think there's so many hot people in their 20s. Like, how is that not enough for people? So I think that th there must be some sort of power, psychological, like. Yeah, absolutely. The psychological power. There are a million things about it that unfortunately have been bred into them from a very young age. So like, this is a hot dynamic. Mm. This is a sexy dynamic. And instead of looking inward, uh, they have been surrounded in this lifestyle style that keeps you like the only way to really keep yourself on the hamster wheel is to have a certain like delusional sense of self and have a certain level of narcissism because like self-actualization is not really compatible with the entertainment industry yeah yeah there is a limit to how much you can grow a lot of times it will always come into conflict trying to like have good morals and stuff because it's an industry it's capitalism okay now i'm getting too fringy <laughs> no, sorry the word capitalism <laughs> well let's talk real quick about jeff ross because this was something that i hadn't heard of jeff ross is the guy who basically does every um comedy central roast and people are like oh look like one of the ogres from lord of the rings showed up or something and then there's jeff ross going like oh you know <laughs> anyway so like that's how i know of him have you heard about him and jessica radke no who's jessica radke she was a young woman that he dated back in the day so this story came out on the cut and i cannot believe i had never heard of it so in September 2009, this woman named Jessica, she made a public Facebook page called I Was 15, He Was 33. And she basically wanted to lay out evidence of her sexual relationship with Jeff Ross. Um, she was posting pictures. Uh, this, this isn't funny, but like one of the pictures, right, was like him kind of groping her. And she says, please note where his hand is on my 15-year-old body. And then the other photo is of them and he's wearing a fedora. And she so it says, please note the hat in the photo that Jeff is wearing. And at first I was like, yeah, a fedora is a crime. <laughs> yeah, but then exactly. in the next photo, she's wearing his hat. So oh, I think that's okay. why she referenced that. At first I was like, lock him I up. I just love the idea that she's cunty too. She's like, I'm going to I'm gonna release all this info and I'm going to be petty about it. And I'm also going to drag him to hell on the yeah. runway. Yeah. But anyway, she basically um, does this video too, detailing her you know, underage relationship with Jeff Ross. And the video kind of went unnoticed until allegations about Chris D'Elia came up. So then other comedians found her video and surfaced it and it got like millions and millions of views. So basically this is her um, story. And by the way, other people have spoken out about this. Um, Amy Schumer said, Jeff is someone I consider a good friend and I love him, but to be honest, he has always had alarmingly young looking girlfriends. Never one I have known to be underage, but alarmingly young looking just the same. And then another comedian who asked to remain anonymous said, Jeff Ross was always with a young girl. That was his girlfriend type. Were his girlfriends 18 and over that I saw him with? Probably, but he was still considerably older. He has that reputation. Jeff Ross has responded to these statements saying on Twitter, let me be clear, let me be clear. These disgusting allegations asserted against me are absolutely not true. I have never engaged in any sexual relationship with a minor. But in this article with Vulture, there were seven different sources that confirmed that they were aware of his relationship with a 15-year-old when he was 33. And one of those sources was her fucking father, which is weird. The father like signed off on the relationship. So she I've heard of that before. That has happened to my friends. Really? In high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a friend who was like, I want to say 15, and she was dating a 24-year-old, and he met her parents, and her parents were chill with it. I think, like, th they have learned a lot since then. I don't know how that family operates, but, like, I, yeah. yeah, I've heard that happening Ooh. a lot. It also happened in the Jerry Seinfeld-Shoshana relationship, which is included in here so basically she describes the first time she saw him it was outside the boston comedy club she was 15 he was 33 she says that she was standing with some guys um outside 
he walks up. She made a comment being, because he winked at her. She made a comment to her friend being like, oh, wow, like, look at him, like Jeff Ross. And the friend goes, oh, you think he's cute? He's one She's of. She's like, no, but he's yeah, very like, rich. Yeah, he winked at me. <laughs> she goes, he's really funny. He's one of the good ones. I'll give you his number. So then. She's walking upstairs to her home like the next night and he called her cell phone, Jeff Ross did. He says, can you meet me outside of my apartment? And then he said, is it okay if I ask your dad if it's okay that you come to the city tonight? It'll be really cool. Maybe we could go to the comedy cellar or we could go somewhere and have coffee. And then Jessica said, yeah, I'd love that. And he goes, do you want me to be my... Do you want me to be your boyfriend? So already he's on the phone with a 15-year-old girl, like asking her out, whatever. According to Jessica, she went to go meet him outside of his apartment, and he said that he had forgotten his credit card, so they never even went out to get, like, coffee or go to the comedy cellar. Instead, they went up to his place. She thought they were getting his wallet. She says, in the elevator, I attacked him. I started trying to kiss him, and he goes, whoa, 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 there's cameras. Not like you're 15, get off of me, but there's cameras. So anyway, that first night they enter his apartment, allegedly. She described it as filthy with South Park stuff and the man show shit all over the place. Have you heard of (laughs) Jimmy Kimmel's The Man Show? No. It's like the show he did back in the day that was like very sexist, basically just being like, we're men, we like boobs. And he was like, we're making fun of guys who do stuff like that. But then they would do like all of this like nasty shit to women and be like, it's parody, you know, and it's like, oh, not really, but whatever. So Jessica then alleges that they instantly started making out. She then performed oral sex on Ross and they had unprotected sex, after which he told her she had to leave. She says, I'd felt like I'd won. I felt very, okay, cool. Like if I never saw him again, cool. She recalls, he just kept saying, I can't believe you're only 15. I can't believe it. And then he oh, gave her a hat as a parting gift on the way out. So Not then, the, fedora. <laughs> the, the, the horrible, horrible haunted fedora. So then they kind of start this relationship where he would call cars for her to like come over, have sex, and then he would send her home. Then later on, he lets her spend the night. The father confirms the location of his apartment, saying that he had been there once or twice while his daughter was there. Jessica remembers Ross buying her Betsy Johnson dresses and lingerie, always in white, and taking explicit Polaroids of her. She says, he would have a preference that I shave my vagina completely off. He was very mad whenever I wore red lipstick or really dark makeup. He didn't like it if I looked too grown up or too hoary. He liked that I was innocent, and she said they had a lot of unprotected sex during their relationship. So then between 1999 and 2001, they're dating. She says that he keeps various measures to keep their relationships under wraps. He asked me to walk to the other side of the street if we ever left home together. She notes that he was obsessed with the story of Shoshana, Lonstein, and Jerry Seinfeld. Do you remember that relationship that Jerry uh, Seinfeld? I remember it as Jerry Seinfeld dated a 17-year-old. Yeah, she was still in high school. That makes sense. Anyway, so that was like another comedian relationship. Jerry was 38 and Shoshana was 17 when they met. And apparently um, Jeff Ross was obsessed with the book Lolita. So the relationship uh, finally ends. You know, they're traveling together, all of this stuff. They're back at his apartment on Mercer Street in New York. And they're packing up boxes because he's about to move. And she alleges that she's packing books and she pulls out of books and Polaroids fall out. And she goes, oh, these are like the dirty Polaroids of me. But when she turned the photos over, it wasn't of woman. It was of kids without any pubic hair. So she was horrified by the photos. She confronted him and she said, who the fuck are these? And she said that Jeff Ross, take a guess. What do you think he said? This is so fucking classic. What? I have no guess, dude. He I, said, I'm like, put yourself in the mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he said, I was just holding on to these for a friend. <laughs> Which is just like, you've got to be kidding me. He doesn't deserve another laugh from the best. <laughs> so funny. Isn't that awful? So anyway, so then she left, never talked to him again. So this was all done. There was an article in Vulture. There was an article in The Cut. And I can't believe I hadn't heard of any of this. Had you? No, me either. Death but to I Jeff Ross. But I don't think of him as like an A-list yeah, think of him as like a like a C list. I don't know, but he's then once again he's is always he's in Hollywood movies. He's always on the comedy roast. Like he's sitting up there. I just think that's so fucking sick. But that's the thing is that like you have to think about the fact that like Jerry Seinfeld did that, fucking Elvis did that. Like all of the producers in that era of like entertainment were also like that's why people are like shocked that stuff gets buried. They like think that when stuff like this comes to light, a person will like vanish from the public eye. And it's like, no, you don't realize that like all the nameless faces behind it, like 
that behavior wasn't just a few unconnected random entertainers. That like was the culture. And that's why they won't get fired. And that's why they'll still have projects because all of those guys who haven't been caught mm. or just didn't do anything quite as bad are still like in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just the right Jerry Seinfeld was doing it, and there were so many quotes of. I mean, the same quotes with Jerry Seinfeld and his girlfriend are the same with Jeff and his, which is people saying, "Well, she looks young, but I'm sure she's 18 or over." And yeah, he's known for dating younger girls, but it's totally fine. So all of these yeah. people are kind of signing off on it. Yeah, I mean, if their parents sign off on it, a lot of times the age of consent in a lot of states is still 16. That was the case in North Carolina with my friend. Mm. God, that just like turns my stomach. Anyway, we uh, obviously big enemy of the show, Jeffrey Epstein. We're now adding. <laughs> we're now adding Jeff Ross as an enemy of the show. Friend of the yeah. <laughs> enemy of the pod. Enemy of the pod. That's so great. Yeah. So Jeff Ross, um, slide in if you have anything on him because I'm ready to make that some you TikToks. Only have two enemies, and they're both named Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, we fucking hate Jeffy boys over here. I'm so sorry if your name is Jeff, enemy of the pod. Um, okay, let's move on to something a little bit lighter. Bill Cotton, no, I'm just kidding. We'll do that Leslie is such Jones. A bummer. I've, I've, I did make a lot of jokes about that. That was the first time that I had had, and that was an incredibly detailed report, and that is like so sad. It's incredibly and sad. And I don't have like better words beyond that is sad. That is so common in the industry. Yeah. So anyway, everybody, uh, let us know what you've heard about Jeff Ross because I'm ready to talk about him. Um, Leslie Jones, I fucking love her like Game of Thrones recaps that mm-hmm. she used to do on SNL. This was an interesting one because I feel like it's kind of like comedian politics. It says the former late night actress who is beloved on social media ticked off her fellow comedians again this week. She has been in this spot before for pushing aside other comics for her own needs. This week she was supposed to stop after five minutes because everyone only gets five minutes. She took almost 30. She is running out of friends in the industry. Have you heard of her having a reputation for this, like going over? This sounds like a non-comic because like I, I think probably what happened was that there was a show where everyone gets five minutes and Leslie fucking Jones dropped by. Yeah, I was going to say she'd get more than five. however much fucking time she wants. It's Leslie fucking Jones. And all the comics were in the back like, God damn it. Uh. <laughs> and like we do that too when like a famous person comes through or like bumps you or it's just going way too long. If I'm hosting for somebody at Comedy Works and for the late show, they decide to go way fucking over. Mm. And I'm like, I want to go fucking home. <laughs> I yeah. want to eat ice cream. This sucks. But I don't think she's making any enemies over a 30 minute set that was supposed to be five minutes. Dane Cook goes to the comedy store and is supposed to have a 10 minute set and does like two fucking hours. That's what I was going to say. It was like five minutes for Leslie Jones. It's like a TikTok video. But that's not like it's not like someone like was her friend in comedy and is like that just crossed a line (laughs) for me. It's like, no, you get to a certain level of success and you get to do however much time you want on like random shows like that. I assume it was just like a club that she drops into pretty regularly yeah. like uh, in New York and yeah no, no no one's deliberately I haven't heard anything about her I don't know anybody who's worked with her so she doesn't have a reputation for like always going long or something she might she might be the Dane Cook of New York <laughs> the, the, the moderate Dane Cook because remember Dane Cook two hours is so different from 30 minutes so yes. 30 minutes is like still within the same show yeah. two hours is like you just fucked the whole night yeah can we do Dane Cook real quick? Because yeah. my, I hate to say it, I think Dane Speaking Cook. Speaking of someone with tiny, young fucking girlfriends. <laughs> yes, he has. Okay, so he, what was this? Um, his girlfriend's name is Kelsey Taylor. They are now engaged. I don't know if they've gotten married yet, but I know for sure that they were engaged. He basically says that he met his girlfriend the day after she turned 18, which is giving Jeff Ross's I was holding on to the Polaroids they for a friend. Like, come on. <laughs> the day after 18 is so, so, so funny. It's so funny. They are a comedian. It's their best joke yet. It's mm-hmm. just, like, wild to me. Anyway, um, so she was 18 and he was 45 at the time, which is insane. Mm-hmm. But I hate to say it. I thought Dane Cook was so fucking funny back in the day. The vicious circle, like his joke about how it's uncomfortable to like watch a woman masturbate in front of him because she looks like DJ Diddles spinning the clits of the 80s, 90s and today. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it. Like he just said so many things that like, yes, it was high school humor, but I thought it was funny. But I feel like in the comedian we world. You also have to remember that that was like some of the first comedy that you were ever exposed to because yeah. you had such a limited view. That's why like. No, but here, no, here's the thing. With SNL is because like they become aware of satire at the same time that they are being exposed to the first satire they've ever seen. And so that's why adults will always say that SNL isn't good anymore. And high schoolers will always 
say that it's the most cutting edge thing. Maybe, but the thing is, like, I'm 30 and I still think he's so funny. Jane so, Cook? Yeah. So what? Oh my a, god! <laughs> you don't? You're the first person I met to be to be like, I'm. I loved it, and more power to you, dude. I just think, okay. So I I assume that I he doesn't so have many, a good. Rep. I have so many female comics that I like that nobody else likes. Mm. That like everyone, I'm not everybody. People will say that like certain female comics they like really hate their material, and even though it's hack, I'm like it's just so. It makes me laugh. Yeah. What do you think of Amy Schumer, by the way? Love her, hate her. Um, I don't have any personal opinions about her. I really loved her sketch show. Okay, what about Nikki Glaser? Love her. Me too. The, when she described her lippy vagina as a hastily packed suitcase, <laughs> I was like, you just got 50% of the female population on your side because, you know, the beef curtain population is out here always going to love her. And now she's like talking about how much she loves Taylor Swift. I think she does a good job of being like a feminine comic, but then also like being a little bit crass, but teetering that line pretty well. Yeah, Lots of people don't like anytime a female comic talks mostly about sex. And it's like, I, I wasn't aware we get to pick what we talk about. <laughs> I thought we were just saying shit and waiting for a laugh. And usually the laugh comes when I'm talking about sex, dude. I'd love yes. to talk about other stuff, but this yeah. is what it is. No, I feel you. I, that's why I like Dane Cook. Like, what can I say? I just like trash comedy like that. Um, Russell Brand, do you consider him a comedian or do you now consider him more of like an actor, podcaster? I, don't know that I've ever, I think I think of him as an actor, but I don't know that I've considered him too much. Okay. Well, he was on here because, you know, he used to be a comic back in the day have you listened to his podcast now he kind of has like a joe rogany type of like (laughs) podcast that he does i've been taking testosterone (laughs) i was at a fucking australian it's so funny because like he'll talk like he'll bring on politicians like talk about like very serious topics british politicians no like american he's like leaning hardcore into that he brought on like tories (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that's like i don't know what current political parties but no he like lives over in like la he's like a hippie i think he's like you know got a family now and everything and he has this podcast studio where he talks about like moderate controversial type of politics so this blind item here was basically saying that he was paid for a recent interview he did with a very high profile guest i think he had on ron DeSantis. Mm. have you heard of comedians getting paid to have people on because like they i mean it's a big platform to come on not surprising at all it's not for you okay no i i mean i imagine that's what's happening with like Mm, well, maybe not call her daddy because they probably benefit equally. But yeah, I that wouldn't be surprising to me at all. I've heard of people paying to go on call her daddy. Really? Yeah. Who? Um, I don't know anyone in specific, but I know that but, like, for it's sure. A PR. Some podcasts are like all about the content, and then some podcasts, and you can really clearly tell the difference. And some podcasts are like a PR factory; like it feels almost like the PR agency set up the podcast, hundred percent, to like run all their people. Like all of the questions for Call Her Daddy are sent through beforehand and then approved, and it's just like a complete inauthentic (laughs) factory. Where were you born? They're like hinge questions, basically. (laughs) Like mountains or lake? You know, had to be one type of pasta shape. What would you be? (laughs) But then it's Alex Cooper being like anal or missionary, you know, and like even that. It's like even with the sex, it doesn't get deep. Um, Okay, let's do one. Two last uh, folks here. Louis C.K., what are your thoughts on him? Obviously, right, it came out that he was a serial masturbator, basically. And I have just heard from so many different people that he is still jerking off. It's like he's obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't heard that? Um, no, because honestly, like Louis C.K. is one of those people where. So in comedy, everyone has their own personal line for many different things like who would I book who would I work with what clubs will I work for what reasons and and everybody gets to come up with their own like moral code and like I only really think about it if someone's drastically different than mine but like I know like a lot of people in comedy like still work with him and so I think that the people who work with him are usually like not as super like loud about working with him Mm. which is like so funny because I'm like just obsessed so I'm like say it with your chest <laughs> <laughs> you know I'll respect you more if you're like fucking Tyrion Lannister you know just yeah like, be who you, are. you mean Tywin no Tyrion oh okay. like I love Tyrion Lannister because he's just like extremely consistent ethics <laughs> 
Okay, Tyrion. God, I fucking hated him at the end. I'm like still mad about Game of Thrones. Okay, but I've like, only seen the show, off. not the book. So okay, okay. No, no, but the, yeah. I know a lot of people work with him, but I think that those people like wouldn't talk about working with him to someone like me, probably because they would probably know that that would bum me out. Okay, so you haven't heard the rumor that he's still jerking off in front of people? No, I haven't. Well, this was an interesting blind item that says. But do you? Th- I don't think he could. I guess. Have you ever seen the movie Double Jeopardy? No. Okay. So there's this woman and her husband frames her for killing him. And she goes to jail because she's like toxic. It's very gone girl. He frames her for killing him and she goes to jail and she serves her sentence and gets out of jail. And it turns out that he just ditched his identity and is like living a great life somewhere else. So then the rest of the movie is she goes and fucking murders him. Mm-hmm. Because even if the cops get there and see that she murders him, she, you can't legally send, ever send be, her back. Um, you can't be guilty of the same crime twice. Okay. So she's already served her sentence for murdering him. So, so she can just like murder him and there will be no consequences even if they find out. And that's mind, why he's jerking like, off. If I was Louis C.K., of course I'd keep jerking <laughs> off in front of people. What are they going to do? Say that I jerked off in front of people. Yeah, everyone's going to be like, no, you're talking about an old article. <laughs> it's actually, it would be weirder if he didn't. <laughs> Yeah, if instead he started like fingering his butthole, then people would be like, wait, that's yeah. new. That's new. We don't like it. He's, uh, he's made it pretty clear that he has no real intention of like going through this like insane, like, I'm sorry, growth thing. Like yes. he's just like doubled down. So like this is doubling down for him. Yeah, now he jerks off with both hands <laughs> and he holds his balls with the other. <laughs> no potted plants in sight. Hmm. Well, this was a blind item. It says, why is it shocking that this pay cable channel Showtime is not showing the documentary about the A-list comic, Louis C.K. and all of the awful things he he has done to women so i don't know if you heard about that but there was a documentary about him that then oh. showtime dropped this was a while back and it says the parent company paramount has employed the best friend brian robbins of the disgraced children's show producer dan schneider for a very long time so dan schneider was the guy who basically ran all of nickelodeon back in the oh, day yeah, i've heard so many foot fetish man um and also just like things in plain sight. Yeah, yeah. So apparently his friend, Brian Robbins, works high up at Paramount and he was the one that was giving Louis C.K. a pass. So it really is this like protection circle that like goes on up at the top, which is wild to me. Now, very last one for you. Friend of the pod, Conan O'Brien. He's the patron saint of Fluently Ford. What do you think of him? If you say anything bad, I can't air this. <laughs> I think he's um, adorable. Isn't he? He was one of the comics that I was exposed to when I was in um, high school. So, and it was like my fir- the first time seeing like political satire. And I was like, oh my God, that's so fucking cool. And then I heard the story about how um, during the first writer's strike, didn't he like pay all of his writers? Yes, out of his own pocket. And then they made him go back on the show because I think he had to employ his like production staff, but not mm. the writers. So he just did all of these gags where he would like spin his wedding ring and do like random shit shit basically to prove that a show isn't good without writers yeah so fucking that's so fucking cool with him i mean like what is the point of getting incredibly successful if you can't also like create a legacy of like what you stand for yeah i think he's great would you hit yeah, I remember one of my favorite movies of all time is the rom-com. I think this is peak rom-com. Some people would call it Crazy happy. Stupid Love. Favorite movie, <laughs> favorite rom-com of all time, Easy Peasy. It's rom it's the it's that genre done as well as it could ever be done. Yeah. And in it they have the conversation where they're talking about fucking Conan Ginger Junk O'Brien. I just think he's so hot and that scene of Emma Stone and Ryan Reynolds every time they're in a movie in a different decade they just oh god the chemistry is off the charts. I don't um I wouldn't say that I like find Conan genuinely attractive but I have a kind of personality where I could like get it up for anybody who's like <laughs> truly good at what they do. Yes. <laughs> I'm with you and also like I were probably related to him somehow going back to the Irish and the drinking thing so I'm I'm not sexually attracted to him but I would hit yeah yeah absolutely Hannah thank you so much for coming on let everybody know if they want to see you because I know that you say that you're just traveling but you are on tour and you yeah. are doing different shows and if anybody wants to check you out your handle is Hannah Jones cool everywhere tell people about what you have going on yeah it's Hannah Jones cool I have a podcast um which is a great way to see more of what I'm like I have a lot of videos and then if you like me and you want to see me live um, um I will be in Chicago that's the show that I'm really pushing really hard right now because it's selling a little slower than expected Chicago 
October 6th. If you liked me on this episode and you don't live in Chicago, just send that info. Send one of my reels to a friend who's in Chicago. That would be mm. so cool. October 6th, you can find me everywhere at Hannah Jones Cool. And you're a great follow on TikTok. I love everything you, you have so to say much. on there. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, for a comedian episode, it was very pedophile-y, but, you know, the blinds I, that are... That does not surprise me. The blinds are what bit. they are. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we will see you next week for a lighter episode of non-pedophilic gossip of Fluently Forward. Bye, guys.